veteran can vet comics who are veterans of comedy. Thank you for serving up jokes since 1980, Bobby Collins. Oh you my both- God. Oh my God. Let's get into it, Bobby. Welcome. Woo-hoo. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. My gosh. You know, I interviewed you before, but I had bum equipment and now, uh. now I got good equipment, but thanks to COVID, <laughs> Uh, Kimora Lee Simmons and and my baby fat are making a comeback. So uh, that's a clothing joke. Never mind. So, <laughs> Bobby, talk to me about your early life. I want to I want to get into the mind of how you can be this funny with oh, observations. I grew up in uh, in in Queens, New York. Uh, and it's, a, you know, the five boroughs of Manhattan. I was in Queens, which was probably the poorest one, that in the Bronx. Uh, I, I grew up, we, I didn't have much confidence in myself. We were very poor and everybody in the neighborhood was poor. But we learned real early how to get along with everybody, no matter what. So I'd go to school on a subway and you'd get on a subway and there'd be a black guy, there'd be a Spanish guy, there'd be a Jewish guy, there'd be an Arab, there'd be a Chinese guy. Now, everyone was going to go do work. So nobody, there was no, nobody judged anyone else. If a young kid took a seat and an old lady got on, we'd all look at the old young kid going, hey, pal, get up. And he'd get up and everyone would be like, okay, good. So with what's happening in the country today, we just I just laughed. Matter of fact, a couple of friends of mine, black friends, uh, called me up. They go, Bobby, look at this crap. Remember the cops beating us up? Cops used to whack us and all that. And all the kids that were in high school that were like not included in things were left out because they were just dopes or punks. Those are the guys that became the cops. And we've seen many of them in New York. Now they got a gun in a uniform and now they can put their knees. In, uh, and so I'd like to see that reform. Other people in places, no, what do you mean? White people. They don't know how we grew up. So that's that. Uh, and then I was I, just a Queens kid. Then I moved eventually to Manhattan. And that was fun. I still have a home in Manhattan. I like Manhattan. I like New York. I'm out here in California, and they're a little bit, you know, the white privileged people, the white privileged people. Oh, my God. Is, are they going to have a red carpet t- this year? Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, what's the name got divorced last week? Oh, did they? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The problems are so different, East Coast to West Coast. Oh, my God. And the people are different. And I just hope with this whole thing going on, this Jumanji uh, or, the, uh, or the Twilight Zone, I hope people are opening up your eyes. And you know as well as anyone, we hold up a mirror and show an audience themselves. Now we're home. And after 40 years, 
holding up a mirror and taking a look at ourselves. It's like, oh, wow, that's why I'm like that. That's why I should have changed. I'm going to change that. Growth means change. Change doesn't always mean growth. When you change something, you move on, you know. How has the pandemic made you a better husband, father, and comedian? Um, husband, I've never spent more than two weeks home in 40 years. So that was, the first two months was great. It was great because I, uh, after that, she's bought a weapon. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's been wild. Now, every once in a while, she or I will get snappy, snappy. And then we look at each other and laugh because we've never done this before for this long. And as far as a, a father, my, my, uh, my, I have a special needs daughter. And the fact how, how we got so much closer as a result of it. Oh, she cuddles her daddy. She asks, she's got helpers that help her. And she, they ask, she goes, Bobby, she was asking for you. Where's daddy? Where's daddy? And, uh, oh, it's been wonderful with her. Does she get nuts sometimes? Oh, my God. Screaming. Walk around the block. Do this, that, like that. Change her. Bobby, got to change. Change her? Okay. You know, I'm learning. And as a comic, I think you fill with this. It fills you in, but I haven't performed. I've been getting a lot of calls. Bobby, would you do a drive-in theater? No. Would you do a, uh, a Zoom? No. Would you? Uh, no. Somebody called me recently. Bobby, a producer, would you do a podcast? Because I did a bunch of these videos just to keep my sanity. And then when they said, would you do a podcast? I went, no. They go, why not? I go, I don't want to ask people. So, so when did you start comedy? And how old are you now? And they go, well, how about performing on Zoom? No. I need a reaction. I need people around me. I, right? <laughs> and, and then I did a, they go, what? If you did a podcast, well, I said, I would have two or three comics that I know sitting around like in the green room before we go on a big stage. So I've had uh, everyone from Tim Allen, Ray Romano, uh, George Wallace, all good guys that I've known over the years. And then I did it for 10 weeks and we're taking a break for another 10. So I don't, know where, I don't know where it's going. We don't, do we? We're in whole, we're like in purgatory and I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> Now, I think this on the whole, I think this is God pressing the reset button. And he's taking a look at, uh, for all of us to look at ourselves and change. And yes. change things to make it all for the better. Yes. You know, you know here, uh, my brother passed away recently of COVID. Sorry. And, oh, it's quite all right. Uh, and he was one of those guys that would wear like a, uh, a fun guy who would wear like a hazmat suit. Yeah, stay away. Six feet, this, that. So I'm considering, uh, I talked to two attorneys about it the other day. We're considering bringing a civil lawsuit against uh, the president of the United States. Because, uh, again, being from New York, and there's no leadership and no direction, and you have 139,000 people dead, including one of my brothers. Now nah, we don't take that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I would love to know... You, you started doing comedy at, at Catch a Rising Star in Manhattan yes. in 1980. 
And I, I, li I lived there in 1998 with my daughter and I went to catch rights and start a watch. And I never got to see you. So who was Bobby Collins at the beginning and how are you so much different now? Well, I remember taking dates. I was like 19 years old. I would take dates up uh, to catch a rising star because there was something inside of me. I, I used to see my parents watch uh, Red Skelton and the Ed Sullivan show. And every time a comic came on, they, uh, they, I'd turn around and look at them. They were cracking up. And, you know, my mother was a waitress. My father was a clerk. So, excuse me, to see them laugh. I said, oh, wow, I could do this because I've made kids laugh in school in order to be accepted. <coughs> and uh, I remember even saying, and I, I'm doing a new book, I remember saying to a gay, guy named Greg Offner, I said, Greg, he was a friend of mine and we were very tight. And I said, Greg, those popular guys have more fun. They have fun. They laugh. They... Uh-oh. Uh He'll be back. He'll come back on. I unplugged my computer. There, I'm back. I'm sure he'll come back. We'll just sit here and we'll, we'll make do because I know he's coming back. Something must have happened. You know, we have the internet and we sit there and moan and groan and complain because something doesn't go our way. And we forget to realize that the signal has to go to the moon and back or somewhere out there. Thank God it's Terry's back. I knew he'd be back. Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry, Linda. That's okay. I've been ghosted before. <laughs> oh, stop it. I'm AOL. I don't know any of this stuff. These kids, I, I'm not, I have a girl that does this stuff to me. I'm not, I don't get involved. You yeah. know, I walk around and I, in Manhattan, I see kids and I, I, I go, head up, put your head up. And they, oh, <laughs> you know, they think it's this thing is, um, my daughter yells at me, dad, how come you never bring your phone out? Because I don't want to talk to people. I'm going out to have dinner, have fun. <laughs> huh? You never get a rest unless you leave your phone. Thank you. People use it for uh, for power, for socialization, for the. Hey, remember our days? You walk into a bar, I see a gorgeous girl like you. I look you in the eye. I said, "Hey, can I buy you a drink?" We talk. We start laughing. Yeah, you want to go out one night? Bah, bah, bah. That's how it works. How sometimes <laughs> you'd walk in. You'd see a girl at the bar you talk to, and you see right away looking in her eye. Issues, a lot of issues. Goodbye. No. <clears throat> Remember? You know. I'm a baby boomer. I mean, I'm 69 years old, and now my self-esteem is in the toilet. Oh. Men can't oh. open a door. They can't say you're looking good, you know. What am oh. I supposed to do, Bobby? <laughs> Girl, where I come from, you could make a train take a dirt road. <laughs> I don't know. Again, where I come from, there'd be a line in front of your house. <laughs> oh, my God. So you started at Catch Rising Star. 
you yeah. wound up opening up for Cher and Iglesias and tons, tons of top-notch people working with top-notch comics. So not how, how did that happen, Bobby? How did that happen? I was lucky. I remember. I remember coming off the stage at Catch a Rising Star after I took dates there. They'd say, come on, we saw two comics. Let's go. I go, no, here's money for a cab. You go. I'm going to stick around. And I'd watch the comics. Uh, everyone from, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robin Williams. But more or less was uh, Freddie Prince, David Brenner. And I'd watch and I'd see the styles. And I'd say, interesting. This is interesting. And then one day I went over to him. I said, hey. <clears throat> excuse me, can I do five minutes? And they said, yeah, you got to come in on Monday, sign up at four o'clock, then come back later that night. Blah, blah. And I remember doing that. And then they passed me right away. Thank God. I didn't know what I was doing. And then one night after working in different clubs in New York, like uh, Good Times, Catch a Rising Star, the improv. Uh, but Catch a Rising Star was my home base. And one night a guy came, an older guy came over to me, handed me his card. And he said, hey, hey, hand this to you, give this to your agent, have him call me. And I said, my parents? <laughs> and uh, I, there was a, at that time, there was a lot of agents that would be interested in you from different. And uh, one agent from ICM, I gave him the card and he goes, who gave you this? I go, this old guy last night. And he goes, do you know who this is? This is Frank Sinatra and Cher's manager. And uh, he called me back like, the next, within two hours, he goes, you're going on tour with Cher, 88 cities. I go, how much? Because it's a business, show business. I never lo lost sight of that, you know? So uh, a lot of money So I, for what I was making. And then from that, people see you with her. And then other people say, and then I remember Tom Dreesen was opening up for Sinatra, but he had a break. He had to do something for about a month. And they said, would you open up for Frank Sinatra? I said, sure. How much? And they flew me over to Salt Lake City. And I, all right, don't call him Frank. Don't call him. Uh, it's Mr. Sinatra. Don't. I, I'm not. My wife's Italian from Italy. So she's into that whole. I, I was like, it's a job. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. And then I did that. And then Dolly Parton. Uh, but my uh, real fun one, <clears throat> who I did for a while, was Julio Iglesias. Oh, really? the ghost. I love him. His <laughs> character, a character, and a fun one. You learn a lot because remember, I was working in the 80s, early 90s in comedy clubs. And now you're working in 20, 10, 20, 30,000 people in these massive arenas, as well as outdoor concerts. and. People are hanging from trees. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, you know, I've learned don't look down. Look out. Everyone wants to make you feel like you're talking to them. You know, Lynn. Yes. Uh, um, I remember the first time I got on stage for uh, Cher. And there, it was an outdoor concert. It was two hours late. And uh, do you want to get that? No, I don't. Uh, it's probably she, a booty call. Oh, <laughs> I know with you, with you. <laughs> and then I got, I, I went there and uh, I'm waiting and she, she doesn't like to take planes. She takes her bus crew in and uh, 
the, the audience is in the back. They're out by a river. They're out by a lake. I don't know, trees. And then the girl, she showed up. <coughs> Excuse me. They made an announcement that Cher has arrived. They all, ah! and then they went, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome comedian Bobby Collins. Boo, boo. <laughs> I was like, and then I got him after five minutes. I did my 25 minutes, the half hour. The guy I got off the stage, my, the guy said, hey, nice job. I go, thank you. The sides of my underwear were wet. Never mind under my sweat, under my armpits, down to my underwear. Never happened like that. So I learned a lot real quick. So, so what did you learn? You learned that you had to bring it harder or what did you learn from that? Well, I also, I learned that you got to know your audience. Uh, see where they're from. Every city I go to, I do about 38, 42 theaters a year. Know your city, know the city. So if I'm going into uh, South Carolina, I'm going to hear the way the people look, the way they dress, hear what they're talking about, what's the news, what's going on. And I'll ask a few questions to people that work behind the stage. Hey, what's going on here? Oh, you know, our governor did that. Oh, really? Right? Oh, so so then I'll walk out. And then if they're really not that, if they're not that high up on Brain Mountain, you, you kind of keep things. It doesn't help me because I like to be, you know, stimulating. And then when you go out to some other audiences, somebody just reminded me in a mail the other way people say do you do politics yeah i do politics i'm from new york you but i do both sides and i've known donald trump we have 20 something years so uh when i was doing a show one time i think it was uh red bank new jersey the uh what's the name of that theater in red bank um oh something Want me to google it no i can i don't I was working big theater, about 1,800 people. I started to do the Democrats versus the Republicans and talking about. And uh, because coming from New York, politicians to us were complete and utter jokes. They got money. It was a money company. It was a corporation. And we saw it clear growing up. You know, they paid for their kids to go to college free. They, they got huge salaries. 99% of the politicians came out wealthy, you know? So we saw exactly how it worked and it was disgusting. Yes. But I, I, I remember somebody getting up in the audience and Linda walking out going, goodbye, Bobby Collins, goodbye. And I looked <laughs> at the audience and I said, boy, you know, when you're dead, you don't know you're dead. Other people feel the pain. Same thing when you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the audience all applauded, laughed, and we kept moving. Wow. When you, know, you, you, do, when you do great big venues or even little venues, you get a standing ovation. Yeah, it's nice. It makes you it makes me feel good. And you get a lot of applause breaks. It's, yeah, it's nice. It gives you a feeling that I'm doing it right. I'm uh, you know, comics ask me all the time, say if I go to a, a theater on a Friday night and Saturday I'm open, I'll get a uh, comedy club as a special event, do two shows Saturday night. And I usually have comics that open there for me. They'll say, hey, Bobby, can you watch my set and tell me what? 
And I, I don't like to do that because the, in the past I've watched people set and I, they, I told them what I saw and they don't want to hear it. They get all, I go like this, you asked me, you know? Yes. So I do the, when you have a special needs child and you need that extra money for extra pair of hands to help, you'll work anywhere because as a comic, there's no ego like that. You got to work. You got to keep your timing. You got to keep your rhythm. You got to pull back. That's why since I haven't performed Linda in so long, uh, I talked to a guy that performed uh, recently for like 12 minutes. I go, how was it? He goes, Bobby, I wanted to give up comedy. I go, how bad? And he go, I go, it's batting practice. You got to get moving. <clears throat> It'll come back. You know, get, get some new material down on what's happening in the world. You know, Black Lives Matter. Use it, but use it in such a way that everyone's offended nowadays. Everybody, you know. So I, we never looked at it like that. We ought to just be funny, be cool. It'll yes. all work out. Yes. You do videos in the middle of the street. You'll put a chair in the middle of the street and do a video. I love your daily videos that you put out. Or how oh. They're great. Those are the people that saw me that around the country. I didn't know. I just needed it for my head, you know? Yes. Yeah, having fun. But I didn't realize that people around the country, and you want to stay relevant, so that was my whole thing, just to stay out there. And, and then everyone started calling, would you do a podcast? Would you come on? Would you do a uh, drive it? No, no, no. People honking their horn. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Crazy. I'm so old, I would think it just means they're horny. It right. For you. I'd be like, okay, but you have a wife in there. <laughs> Oh, so, <laughs> so um, you know, you have a special needs daughter who's blessed your life and helped deepen you as a human. Yes. Can you speak to what you were like before you had a special needs and how having a special needs and then the, also your nonprofit. I want you to mention it, plug it because we need to get behind and support you. Well, when I was a kid, again, you know, I'll give you an example. Donald Trump. He's the type of person, we all knew this growing up, we still see it. We can't amaze, we're kind of amazed that other people don't see it. That yes. that if we were playing basketball and he came in and we didn't have a ball and he had a brand new ball, and it, we'd say, oh, great, come on in, throw the ball. He said, well, if I don't play, I'm not you, you're not using my ball. Then we take his ball and kick it and say, don't come back, you son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Yes. That's how we were. So if anyone picked on anyone, there was a kid named Julius in our neighborhood. Uh, he was what they call, at that time, they called them mongoloids. Now they're called, uh, uh, I don't know, what are they called? Mongoloids. Now they're uh, Down syndrome. Oh, yes. And uh, my mother, we were little, my mother said to me and my brothers, if anyone picks on him or calls him names, take care of business. I go, what does that mean? You know, so people used to call him retarded, uh, dummy, and we would <clears throat> grab them and make him make them apologize and make them feel as if he's just like the rest of them. So I started early knowing about special needs. And then lo and behold, my daughter came into the world and it was an inspiration because I've had my past 
And there's been times when uh, I've seen people uh, turn their head on or, or do different things and you just stand up and you rise above. The cream rises to the top. Shit floats for a while, then it sinks. So stay high, whether it be in comedy or in, in your life personally. But my daughter has been a great inspiration. She goes to a camp every year. This year is the first year she didn't go. It's called Zeno Mountain Farm. And it's a uh, it's in Vermont. And uh, it's one of the unbelievable people, even the uh, the people who take care of one-on-one with the people that go, they're just dying to get in there because they've heard so much about it. They treat everyone the same. Everyone's friends. And a lot of celebrities have donated uh, like sliding pool things and a uh, river, uh, a river a slide that goes into a river. And uh, Katie Couric did that. And, yeah. and it's just, the feeling, and my wife's a chef, so she goes there and cooks for the first week, 95 meals a day, three squares a day, three times a day. I call her up at night from the road. I go, how you doing? Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> but this is the first year in 17 years that she hasn't gone. So she's home, and we have things going on, and they do a Zoom thing. and blah, blah, blah. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> How did you get so funny? I I didn't know, you know, I I never I just talked the truth and made it funny. You know, like uh like I've been home so I remember walking by New York and I I was a little kid and I'd look in those lingerie windows. Remember those? And you'd see the uh, uh what did they have on the the stockings? What were they called? Like uh, nylons, and then they had yeah, the garter belts. They had garter belts. They had see-through bras. They had those panties. I'd be like, wow. Now, I went to bed with my wife the other night. She had double flannel pajamas on, a backpack, goggles, and rope. And <laughs> it's just what you observe. You see this, and you go, oh, my God. And, and the shit I get is amazing. Bobby, how much toilet paper do you use? What, do you wrap your whole arm in paper? Honey, I just want to be sure. You know, it's nuts. It's nuts. What's your goal in life? <sighs> I or would the, say... Like, what do, you want, what do you want your epitaph on your tombstone to say? What, what's your? When will you know that you've left the legacy you want to leave? Or have oh, you left it? I would say that I hopefully touched people in such a way that they held up a mirror and looked at themselves and maybe changed some things they didn't like, that they treated their children and my children, we treated them and they looked up and they said, boy, my dad was always there for me. And just uh, that when people run into me and they do and they said, hey, you're Bobby Collins. You, you, you know what? I saw you do that dog bit 20 years ago. And oh my God, my father, my mother. We were crap, and that makes you feel good, you know. I'd like to do more. Get back to performing. I'd yes. like to do some more. I did some. Remember, I hosted VH1 Stand Up Spotlight. I did uh, a lot of movies, some commercials. I'd like to get back to it, uh, but nothing's going on. So sometimes you're feeling, maybe you too, feeling a little left out. I'm like, okay, you know. <laughs> so when my wife has friends over for dinner or on the front lawn, social distancing, 
I, I'm, I'm like the life of the party because I got no one to talk to. <laughs> it would be so fun to be your neighbor. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't know. Lou Ferrigno lives next door. Remember Lou? Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, MacGyver lives across over there. We're in Santa Monica. This is the white privileged area. Oh, my God. <laughs> got to wear your mask. Put your mask on. Otherwise, you know, and your gloves. Got to put your gloves and your mask on. <laughs> Have you ever done comedy for people with Botox and didn't know they were laughing? <laughs> we were making fun of that the other night. My wife introduced me to a lady when she left. I go, excuse me, who smiles all the time? It's, you know, people, God made you special. Yeah, put a little eyebrow on, put a little mascara, but you're fine. You're fine. You know, the way people see themselves is frightening. <laughs> So tell me about your organization, your nonprofit based on your daughter with special needs. It's well, Zeno Mountain Farm. And they take 95 kids every for a month. These kids, they, their parents can't afford to send them there. They, they even pay for their airline tickets from around the country to go. They, uh, they set it up in the, on top of a mountain in Vermont. That when the first time I saw it, she came up to visit. My wife said, Bob, you got to see this place. Even the guys that you see on television, those shows that that build these tree houses, these massive tree. He did it for them all for free. And it's unbelievable. And I look and I go, I'd like to go to camp here. You know, I never went to camp. They built a big theater, so they put on the shows. And uh, matter of fact, uh, the last they do movies. The last movie they did was, uh, oh, matter of fact, the special, I saw it on the Academy Awards. One of the kids was up for, uh, the Down Syndrome kid was up for an award. It was amazing. Oh. So xenomountainfarms.org? Yeah, xenomountainfarm.org. So when, when we're done, which we're not quite done till you say we're done, but uh. when we're done, I'll add this to your post and anywhere you want more traffic. What's it been like to be a celebrity status comedian where people recognize you at places? Well, you know, my wife makes fun of me because I don't think anyone recognizes me. And I, I, we remember you're a poor kid. You never, but when people come over and talk to me, uh, I, oh, it's, it makes you feel good. But my wife says, Bobby, don't you know, these people know all know who you are and you don't even know that i go it's it's fine i i you know because i have fun with people she takes me to costco and there's a line 200 people i'm a new york kid i go honey grab your cart and wait right here she goes what are you going to do let's leave no I, I i can handle this and i'll go over to the guy at the door and i see him in a mask and his name is donnie i go donnie and I take my mask down and wave, and he's looking at me. Do I know this guy? I go, Donnie, who cut your hair? It looks great. He goes like this. He goes, I cut it myself. I go, oh, come on, did you? I need a haircut. Can you cut mine? And we laugh. And then he goes, I go, Donnie, can I get in here? Come on. I got a wife that's killing me. He goes, how many are there? I go, two of us. He goes, come on in, come on in. Nice. My wife, 
She looks at me, she goes, how do you do this all the time? I go, honey, I wait online. It, it's called being nice to people. It works. You People want to feel as if they're validated. Validate people. Feel good. And then there's people that the other day I was walking the dog and I had a peanut caught. And I went, <coughs> ah, I was trying to get it up. And this guy with his dog in the middle of the street, I'm on the sidewalk, I'm more than 10 feet away, starts screaming at me, Lynn. Hey, why are you trying to do that? And I looked at him, I go, watch my lips. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's California. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what. The tweakers are getting really desperate here in Vegas without tourists to bother. Is that right? Is that yeah. right? How's the, hotel? How's the hotel? Are the hotels dead? Well, like I live two bus stops from the stratosphere, and there's probably one person on every 20 machines, yeah. you know, it's, and people are coming in with luggage and leaving, but nothing like before. No, no. At this point, again, remember, there's no leadership. And when you hear people like these governors, we crack up, me and my wife. Uh, oh, you don't have to wear a mask. The mask, uh, oh, this guy Fauci is full of shit. And this and that. And I'm going like this. The people really, are dumb people going, you know, Jews will not replace us. Jews, hey, pal, they're going to give you jobs, you morons. Thank people you. don't see it. They don't see any of this shit. <laughs> and, you know, when you're dumb, you don't know you're dumb. I love it when some moron comic at an open mic will say some punch, say a joke and the punchline is effing Jew and their name is O'Brien or something. And it's like, <laughs> you just axed your whole career, you know? Right. They don't know. They don't know. They don't you even know. know what they don't know. And the things that we grew up with, the names, me and my friends and I was, I used to like, look, look how dark I get. All my friends who called me because they had these uh, riots and uh, looting here in Santa Monica. Yeah. And, uh, and they called me up, three of them. They go, we grew up together. They go, Bobby, you okay? Everything good? I go, yeah. I go, look at the cops here in Santa Monica. They follow 2,000 people on a, per on a uh, march. And they're the quietest and the nicest people. <clears throat> Black Lives Matter. I go, two blocks over. They're racking in windows and stealing stuff. And I go, you think they've learned something by now, five days previous seeing it. Not in California. They're morons. <laughs> People laughing about how we grew up in New York in the city and Queens. Oh my God. What's it like in Cal Tate? I I try to do this bit. Uh, about how different it is to just go get a cup of coffee at Starbucks on the West Coast versus the East Coast. That's got to be funny material for you. Oh, no. I, I'm not a coffee guy, but I do mention it sometimes. I go, my wife's into coffee, so she asked me one day to run into the Starbucks. She goes, Bobby, go and pick up my, I order, I order. I go, what's your order? She goes, a latte, two pumps. I'm like, two pumps? What? I go in, it's cheaper to get a liver transplant. It was like $6.89. I go, honey, it's fucking coffee. Are you out of your mind? <clears throat> go to anybody, go to McDonald's, it's $2. Are you out of, you know, people. But I hope they're opening up their eyes and they're seeing things. 
you know, for example, she sent me over to CVS to pick up this prescription. I went there. There was a Linda. There was a line. I thought people were buying Billy Joel tickets. There was a line, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking around, and the nice girl lady in front of me. I go, "What? What are you? What are you picking up?" She goes, "Well, I went to the doctor, and I was having some respiratory thing. Nothing big, but they gave me these pills." <clears throat> and I go, "She goes." And then I was taking him, and then uh, I started to get sore throat. So now he gave me another prescription. I go, get off the treadmill. It's a treadmill. The, you know, stop it with the drugs. You know, huge line. Methophilioma. Methophilioma. Everybody's taking drugs. I'm going, oh, my God. You know, we, back we in the day, they didn't even have a diagnosis for anything. Nothing. Took, take two Advil. Go to sleep. You'll be fine. Castor oil. <laughs> now people are so uptight from television. No leadership. They sneeze. Oh, God, I got Corona. Oh, my leg hurts. Oh, my God. Look at that. I farted. I farted. Uh-oh. Corona. <clears throat> I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, oh, use your brain. Use your brain. To ask Alexa to find something for you, you know your life is in the toilet. I know, I know. <laughs> and then you see these governors. Oh, in Florida, don't wear a mask. You know, and they're licking Trump's ass. I'm going like this. Don't wear a mask. And then all of a sudden, fifteen thousand people. You just set a record, you moron. And people. And then you see people on television with Nazi signs going. Uh -uh, you can let you can grab my pussy, Donald Trump. You can grab my. Are you out of your mind? This is what we live with in us. It's so funny because my wife the other day, she's from Italy and we've lived here in New York. She loves new, both places. Here it's like, you know, good living. New York. We came home, matter of fact, from the riot, the looting here. She was all visibly upset. She goes, "Can you believe this is going on?" We turn on CNN and there's a demonstration. Everyone's marching. And she, I go, Jill, that's 12th Street. That's our block. And the fire engines were going through. And there was a car on fire in front of my building. And I called up the doorman, Ralphie. He goes, Bobby, I can't talk now. We got a car burning in front of the house. I go, I know. I can hear it here in California. <laughs> no leadership. None. None whatsoever. It's a crazy... Have you ever seen a time like this in your life? I haven't, ever. It was kind of sad because my daughter, my oldest daughter, and uh, I'd like to say high-functioning, she, she said to me twice in my life, and I put it in the book, she said to me twice, are we going to live? And I, the 9-11, remember when everyone went playing for bunking into buildings? And she said, Daddy, nine years old, are we going to live? I go, we're going to live just fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. Don't even think like that. And then during the pandemic, when people were dying and they saw it, and it was, you know, the early stages, she looked at me, she goes, Dad, are we going to die? No, we're not. I would never, I never asked my father anything like that. But look at this in our lifetime. Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy. I know. So I, go I want, I go want, I want everybody to promote and get behind and support Zeno Mountain Farms and follow everything. Go see Bobby Collins. 
forget about Zeno Mountain Farm. Go online, buy my book. I'm the one that needs money. I'm, I'm best selling over 200,000 copies sold. Now I'm sitting home waiting for Cameo. Hi, happy birthday. It's really good to see you. Yeah, uh, yeah, your dad, uh, he's, he's 23. Oh, good. Tell him to go to hell. You know, I, I world. What's the name of your bestseller? Um, on the Inside, Witisms and Wisdomisms. Uh, basically, uh, the lessons I've learned in life. Everything from uh, what goes around comes around to uh, God first, family second, career third, put one ahead of the other. You got to always get on where you got off. And I give examples of it. Uh, growth, you know, the cream rises to the top, shit floats for a while, then it sinks. And the interactions I've had with other comics who thought that they were better and this and they had ego. And then when I passed them up on the scale, they looked at me like, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know back then. I'm saying should open up your eyes and look, just keep going. Be the example for yourself first and other people and especially your family. That's lovely. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for the interview. If you, you want five or 10 minutes to talk more, you can have it. I just didn't nah. want you to feel like you had to go forever. Nah, you, whatever you want. Um, I'm, I, I have a lot to do. It's Thursday. <laughs> Thank you so much for serving up jokes to the people. I appreciate all your, I know it's a dedication of your time, a sacrifice to your family for making, to make us laugh. And thank you so much since 1980, Bobby Collins. Thank oh, you, Bobby. Thank you, sweetheart. It's always, a, and your hair looks fabulous. Oh my yes. God, I don't have a clue what her jokes were, but look at that hair. <laughs> look at that hair. Oh my God, look at you, girl. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Take care. Uh, thank Love you. you lots. Bye-bye. Everybody's